and welcome to a brand new episode of What You Talking About. Today, my guest is Kelly Marshall. She is a two times CrossFit Games Masters athlete and one of the most loved and well respected athletes within the UK CrossFit community. In the episode, we chat about her journey to the Games, her competitive nature as a child and throughout, finding strength and sanity in the people around her, and of course, her goals for the next year. As always, don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to be the first to hear all about our new episodes and content. We hope you enjoy. Ellie, thank you so, so much for joining me. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. You are super welcome. Um, There is so much I want to chat to you about. I know you've got loads going on um, and you've had such an incredible career, particularly the past few years in CrossFit. Uh, But what I like to do is start at the very, very beginning. Um, So kind of growing up, athletics, sport, what was your childhood like? Were you a sporty kid? What was it like? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. It will probably shine quite a lot of light on the way I am now, to be honest, as as is often the case with people. Um, I was always into fitness, uh, but my fitness came out of... so, So when I was younger, I lived all over the world because of my dad's job. Um, So I was born in Singapore and then ended up living in Japan, China, Fiji, all kinds of crazy places. And then I came back to the UK for high school and my parents had a house in Norwich in Norfolk. So I'd been at middle school in New Zealand, Singapore, and then came back to a little farming village school. uh, And I turned up with a very distorted accent, which was like a little bit American and a bit of a mess. And I had ridiculously tanned skin because I'd obviously been living in hot countries and I went to this school and I was, I just, yeah, I, I was the only one that was out of place, shall we say. Um, and that didn't, that didn't fare too good. So I got pretty bullied. Um, and then actually because of that, and I was pretty tiny as well, um, I started going to the gym to make myself feel a little bit more confident and to make myself feel a little bit stronger, et cetera, to able to deal with the situation. So the upshot of that is I actually... Uh, did quite well from going to the gym and I enjoyed football and hockey and all sorts of things and running Um, and I actually ended up playing uh, hockey for England from under 16 to under 21s um, which was a big deal for a tiny farming village school it was it was was quite a big deal and then um, but I only got into it really because of doing fitness my own confidence um, and it, it kind of paid off really. And then I've never looked back. So I enjoyed, obviously I loved the hockey for so many years, but I just loved doing fitness for fitness. And then when I graduated from Loughborough Uni, I went into the fitness industry as a career anyway. And so I was like living it, breathing it, uh, training all the time. Um, so I have been involved in sport before, but if I'm being honest, the way that I felt about hockey wasn't even a patch on the way I feel about CrossFit. <laughs> It is, it's so unique, isn't it, compared to any other sport? And I think a lot of people, particularly those like at your level, an elite level, who compete kind of to, to a games level, I suppose, are people that have done sport before. Um, what do you think it is about CrossFit that makes it so different and so uh, people be so passionate about it? I think for me, one of the biggest pulls for CrossFit is the variety. And the nature of, of, I think I get bored quite easily, but, you know, 10 years later, I'm still trying to master so many things. Uh, as soon as you feel you reach a goalpost, it moves. Um, and I think the mixture of, of so many elements of fitness, skill, function, I just, and, and then blending it all together. It's pretty, it's pretty unrivaled, like taking so many sports and kind of sticking them all together. 
you just you can never get bored because there's always something you could be better at some capacity you could be shifting a new skill obviously crossfit is forever edging up the uh, the challenges of skill mm -hmm. so there's always things to chase <laughs> Yeah, there is. So going kind of being younger and going into fitness and I suppose hockey in particular, being a team sport, what do you prefer kind of now being an individual athlete? Do you miss that team aspect of it? That's a great question. Uh, to be honest, when I was when I played hockey, I was a goalkeeper. And although you're part of a team, I was pretty shy. And because I'd been bullied and stuff, I was pretty introvert. So I put the helmet on. I felt great. But I wasn't I wasn't that great a team player in hockey. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done quite a lot of team stuff in CrossFit and I've loved that um, and there's so many elements of that where you, you'll you'll push yourself to the absolute limit for the people that you're competing with and they just get so much out of you and you support each other and it's a bit special I would say that's again a completely different experience for me from the um, experience of, of, of the other team version of, of, of hockey that I've experienced it's a completely different but I think, I think the thing I like about individual is you can't hide or rely on anyone else. And you can take all the glory as well. Like you see the direct impact of your hard work or not. And you have to make the choices on strategy. You have to back yourself. And I think I almost like that mm -hmm. um, because you only ever have yourself to blame or be proud of. Mm -hmm. So I do, don't get me wrong, I really loved, I've done, I've done, I've been in some incredible teams in terms of like cohesion and success and just, just the best time. Um, but there's something a little bit special for me about, about being competitive with yourself and also only having yourself to answer to. Yeah. And I suppose if the reason you kind of found fitness in the first place, right, when you were younger was for yourself to build up yourself and your strength, I suppose yeah. physically and mentally, do you still feel that kind of relation now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. And I think um, when people talk to me in my in my clinic, clinic role, when I'm helping people get out of pain or achieve whatever goals they're going for, I think the reason I can be so passionate about it 21 years into my career is because I just I just feel it like it's been my life and the impact of of how physical, you know, feeling physically strong in yourself, capable. Um, this is a silly example, but you know, if, we, if I get like a shopping delivery um, and they come to the door and they've got these bags and I pick up eight or 10 bags at once and they kind of look at me like, eh, and I walk <laughs> off to the kitchen. I just like the fact that that isn't, I don't even question that, I just, I just do it. And I think, um, and that's not, that's, that's irrelevant of age, of gender, of anything. It's just because I have confidence in my ability to do yeah. whatever I want or need to do. And I think that that's powerful, powerful for belief, powerful for mental health. Yeah, massive. It really is. Uh, so how did you find CrossFit? What was like your first experience with it? So, so it was actually a client that introduced me to CrossFit. So I was a, I was a personal trainer at a, a gym chain called David Lloyd. And I was doing fitness for me. I was doing at the time, enjoying running, doing, um, if you've ever heard of men's survival of the fittest, you know, like trail runs and stuff like that. And a client said to me one day, she knew me very well. And she was like, have you heard of CrossFit? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she said, oh, one's just opened up down the road. I think you'd really like it. And she was always right with whatever she suggested. So I thought, well, you know, I'm looking, I'd been in, in the, the personal training industry about 10 years. I thought I knew a lot. 
So I thought, you know, I'm keen to learn more. So I went along and I remember walking into this gym, bear in mind that David Lloyd, especially where I live, is, you know, quite, quite posh in a way. Mirrors, you know, very nice equipment, everything tidy, TVs, et cetera, et cetera. And I walked into this tiny little warehouse, no mirrors, no TVs, people with their tops off, climbing ropes, throwing barbells around, and the atmosphere was amazing. And I just thought, oh, wow, this is this is different. Um, and to be honest, from doing essentially induction process there, I felt like I was actually relearning um, everything as a PT all over again. Like at that time, my degree had never ta taught me anything about weightlifting. You weren't even you weren't even a qualified personal trainer when I left Loughborough Uni at tw in 2002. So I went, I went into this CrossFit box and I'd never climbed a rope before. I actually hadn't done clean and jerk before. There were so many things I didn't know. So I just got to learn all over again, for the personally and professionally. Um, and I just, yeah, I just loved the atmosphere of it. I just loved it. It's so hard to explain to people that haven't been in one, but I think you have described it perfectly. Like it's kind of organized chaos I always think especially when you first walk in yeah like, hmm what's going on here or I always think if you walk into a CrossFit gym with no one there everything looks so confusing like, what do people yeah, use sure. this kit for right, um, right. but it is so different uh how did you did you did you fall in love like when you started it obviously you were learning a lot and I someone actually said to me the other week and I have clung on to this phrase that you kind of have a honeymoon phase with CrossFit because you are learning something new you're hitting PBs you're doing new stuff so much how yeah. quick did you fall in love with it I mean I think I fell in love pretty instantly with it um I had been I had been obviously as a PT working at David Lloyd, I was normally just training there, you know, five, six times a week doing what I thought was, you know, hard training, strength training, core training. And then I went to CrossFit and started doing for the first two years, two classes a week, because it would take me the rest of the time to recover. <laughs> because I was like, I didn't know how to pace myself. I just went all in. I was in bits um, and I loved it, but I had to pace myself because, yeah. because I'm quite competitive and it just ticks all my boxes um but yeah no it was it was instant and I knew and my wife at the time I remember actually saying to me we walked in and within five minutes she just turned to me and said I think this is going to change our lives forever and I mean she couldn't have been more right <laughs> to be honest. Wow. yeah it is and that's another thing I suppose it changes the lives of so many people and you mentioned there your competitive nature yeah. Did you know instantly that you were going to compete in CrossFit? Was it something that quite early on you thought, this is something I want to do? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> and the reason being is because um, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite a Taipei personality. And so at the time, I was very into, I was, I was typically a workaholic, if you like. I'm all about all in. And I was working very hard on my own business and... Um, I couldn't, I knew that I couldn't, because I was asked about it after two years, um, Andy and Katie, who owned, who, who founded CrossFit Nottingham, Andy came up to me and said, oh, have you ever thought about competing? And I was like, oh, no, no, I, I can't do that, because I already knew at that point that to do that, I would have to really give it quite a lot of time. And at the time, I was seeing clients at six in the morning, rushing to the box to do a class, rushing home, seeing clients again, 
Um, and I just thought, well, I can't, I can't do everything. And so, I, and I wasn't going to half ask it either. Like it would have to be, if I was going to do it, I'd have to do it properly. Yeah. So I said no for about a year, two years. And then they probably asked me quite a few times and, and I thought, well, oh, I don't know. And then I made a decision that actually what I could do is I could split my workaholism and give 50% to my business and 50% to CrossFit. And I might be a more balanced human being. <laughs> Didn't kind of come out that way. <laughs> That was my theory. That was the rationale. Yeah. It didn't play out quite that way, but I did then make a decision to, to essentially go, okay, let's, let's be competitive. Let's have a go. Um, and so then I spent about three or four years um, under Andy first learning, learning and spending more time training as part of teamhood, which was the competitive side of CrossFit Nottingham at the time. And then um, I was under JST for a little while as well. And I just kind of was like trying to obviously tick boxes of different skills, work on my Olympic lifting, my gymnastics, and, and try and move towards um, being a competitive athlete. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And it's funny that you you say like you are an all-in person, but you kind of had to separate it from your work and your life um, in that sense. Did you know, because I think also CrossFit has super developed over the last few years and it's gotten so much better and bigger and harder harder to get to the level that people like you are at did you ever think oh yeah when I start competing um that's the level I'm gonna go to or was it like oh I'm gonna compete and do a couple of local comps and I maybe want to get to doing rx or what was your kind of initial goal for when you started training at that capacity do you know I think I think a good way to make reference here is I actually had a client in yesterday who who it turned out was at the very first competition. So her first CrossFit competition was my first CrossFit competition, bonkers. And it was back in 2015 and it was the British Championships. And, and if I remember rightly, it literally happened once and then they never did it again. It was Lee Valley uh, Stadium in London. And I remember going to that comp, like I couldn't believe I'd qualified. It was my first ever comp. I, I, I was blown away. I could barely straighten my arms or legs by the final. I managed to qualify for the final and I remember sitting in the car on the way home and I just cried. I actually was crying, partly exhaustion, but also partly because I was just so, I was so proud of what I'd achieved. At that point, that for me, I'd already hit the pinnacle. Like I thought I'd been to the Olympics. That's how I felt at that comp. And um, I, I don't think that I was looking any further than just a comp. And then it was, okay, well, what about a, a slightly like a more recognized comp? Can I qualify for that? And then I think it slowly developed. And then when I started to get individualized coaching and then maybe had perhaps had performed quite well at a few comps, I think then at some point I would have thought, I want to get to the CrossFit Games. I want to qualify and go and go all the way. Can I be the first person at CrossFit Nottingham to go to the CrossFit Games? Can I fly that flag? Mm -hmm. And then I think the irony of that is when I reached that point, and then as I got as I got further along and closer to that, I then realized how far away it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's really far away. Like yeah. that's a, that's a, that's I know that that's what I want and I think I can get it. But my goodness, every step towards it I take, I can see more of the path and it's long and it's hard. Yeah. So it's quite an interesting uh, <laughs> with that one. It's a proper roller coaster, I can imagine. So yeah. if you're like time wise, I suppose. So you, we'll talk about the games in a minute. The first yeah. time you went was 2021. 
when did your mindset change and your kind of goals change to right okay I want to get to the games how how long before so basically I was um I was having coaching individualized coaching from JST um for quite a few years and I was making I was making good good um improvements and doing well in in you know in relatively okay comps but I was I felt like I was missing something something mechanically because this is the industry I'm in I I can't fix myself, but I can see there's a problem. And I knew there were some issues that weren't being resolved. And so I realized that that was essentially my barrier. If I wanted to get to the games, this barrier had to be overcome and I needed to find what the solution to that was. Um, and that's when I started looking into Red Pill and Phil, um, who has been my coach now for nearly four years, I think. Let me think about, yeah, four years. Um, and so essentially for me, the tipping point, the change, I can literally tell you when it was, the change was September 2019. And I made a decision that I was going to go all in and I was going to get the best person I thought who could help me get there. And I was just going to, I was just going to commit for a two to three year period and give it everything I could financially, time, everything. And I had a phone call, essentially a phone call interview with Phil to see if I, if he would take me on because he's a wanted man. And um, he, we had a phone conversation and he was actually just on the way to the airport with Sarah Sigmund's daughter to head to the games. Um, I could barely talk to him. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And, um, and he essentially was like, yeah, you know what? I think you're the right kind of person. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take you on. I think you've got the, the work capacity, et cetera, the ethics, et cetera. And um, it was, I started with them about six weeks before the World Championships, the IF3 Functional Fitness World Championships. Um, oh no, it wasn't, it was the British champs to qualify for that, sorry. So I, I got, I got um, signed up with him just before that, did that under him, but literally I'd just started, qualified for the World Championships in Brisbane. And then literally six weeks later, he was, he, I was under him as a coach and I was over in Brisbane competing there um and then yeah that after that I was just it was a very different mindset and a very different outlook on what I was doing mm. very different level yeah I can I can imagine and I think it's so hard for people that don't do it to understand that switch and yeah. how much it takes um because obviously also it was kind of around that time you have I imagine this massive high from the world championships and then pretty much really quick after we go into a lockdown and you're kind of on this on this journey as we just talked about it being a roller coaster how much did kind of go into like were you aiming to go to the games in 2020 like what was your kind of timeline for getting to the games if we talk about that sense yeah for sure so when when um Phil made the decision that we would work together and we started on the path essentially the timeline was it would it would take perhaps a couple of years we would allow a three-year period because there were certain things that had to be achieved baselines that had to be um, ticked off if you like so that I was obviously going to be at the level to, to do that yeah I think I think in reality I think 2020 would have been too soon for me I wasn't ready yeah um but it was weird going into COVID and for that to happen because in January 2020, I competed at SID and I won. And it was it was possibly my best competition ever. I won every event, everything went, like it was just an incredible experience. Phil was there in person. So it was the first time I had him there as my coach. 
had all my friends there, people from the box. It was, it was incredible. So I had a huge high off that. We then went in February straight to Norway, competing at the Norwegian Championships. I came second, and that there was a lot of learning in that. Like that was an absolute dogfight for second. And I learned a lot about myself as an athlete. So I had, I had, you know, I had some podiums, I had some fantastic experiences. And then the next month, I had nothing. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had technically a tenth of the business income coming in to pay, like everyone else did potentially, my mortgage, never mind my coach. Suddenly yeah. my training facility, all those options changed. And it was um, it was interesting. <laughs> it was a challenge. Uh, but I wasn't ready. Even if COVID hadn't have happened, realistically, I don't think I would have been good enough to get to the Games in 2020. I had so much to do. So yeah. much to do. I had a really good strength phase in 2020 to bring my numbers up in terms of just strength. And that that was important because they weren't where they needed to be. And that kind of fed into and I developed as an athlete ready for 2021, I think. I think it's so interesting to recognize that, that even though you'd had all these highs, yeah. actually, it might not have been the, the right time. Um, I suppose fast forwarding a year, you are in this position, you're qualifying for the games, you're going to the games. Yeah. What in? I know it's going to be a hard nutshell, but in a nutshell, what was that year like for you? Obviously, considering half of it was in lockdown as well, that kind of from 2020 to into the 2021 season, what was it like for you as an athlete? Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, like open book about this. Um, my foot, they were the highest highs that I had in that year, but I had some of the lowest lows as well. Um, and I think that... I think that, that even, even getting to the games where we didn't know if they were going to be able to get us visas because CrossFit wasn't recognised as a sport, suddenly we had to take a punt to try and get to Mexico because it wasn't in a red zone. So potentially we could then go across to America, but it wasn't guaranteed. We could have gone all that way and then not even got there. There was so many, there was so much uncertainty that it was quite hard to enjoy some of the journey because you just never knew if you'd even get there. Mm. I remember turning up, I remember turning up um, at the airport and because of the way that um, you had to be in the country for 14 days, but it was 14 days and nights, or there was a detail on it. And we essentially went to the airport to head to Chicago 14 days after arriving, but we were essentially 12 hours too early. So they wouldn't let me fly. Oh, wow. so all of a sudden the COVID test in Mexico had taken, I had to then take it again. We had to see if we could get another flight. We had to find accommodation again that night. Like everything about it was stressful. Um, and to be honest, I'd been so isolated and so, so mentally focused on just achieving this goal um, amidst the difficulties of my marriage, which wasn't going very well, unfortunately, at that point. So there were, there were some incredible achievements and highs but it was, it was quite coupled with a lot of things that nobody knew about. Mm. Um, and I just had to channel that, the, the, the negative elements and the challenge and, and the difficulties into, that's all I could do to get through it was channel those into my training. Mm. I mean, it did pay off <laughs> based on my placing, but, but it wasn't very plain sailing. Shall yeah. We say. yeah. 
I, and I don't think it ever is. And I think one thing with CrossFit and CrossFit athletes, and whether this is maybe because, you know, not all athletes are paid or sponsored or et cetera, oh. it's quite um, a personable sport, I find. You know, athletes are very open on social media. You feel like you know them. Do you think that kind of helps in the sense that obviously CrossFit is community? Like, yeah. yes, you say there, there are things that people don't know, but just having that element of people around you and knowing where you're going to one of probably the friendliest competitions in the world, (laughs) does that kind of help where you're at as well? I mean, to be honest, in the last, for for both journeys of of getting to the games, I I have had people by my side in, I would say, 95% of my training sessions. And I owe, I owe that first year, not just to Phil and Red Pill and their incredible focus and detail and everything else, but to a lot of people who were in, who were in and still are in my life now. I had um, a group of friends who are my best friends who I called them the Sanity Squad. That, that's actually our nickname. We're all in our 40s. But the thing is, they literally kept me sane. And at, at, at the peak points building up to the games, you know, they would take two hour shifts each. Some of them would come in from the half six to half eight shift and they'd have to go to work. But then my friend Ben would come in and he would do the next two, three hours just to keep me going. So the power of of people, I've met, I have met my best friends at CrossFit. And again, like last year, Lucy, one of my best friends who obviously I had the privilege of then being at the games with her again, you know, last year, I was the fittest I've ever been in in a fitness sense. And again, that's because I was able to do so many training sessions, essentially chasing her around. So it's, yeah, uh, people are everything, to be honest. And they've they've kept me sane throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I'm going to steal that sanity squad. (laughs) (laughs) One of my group chats is getting renamed. Honestly, do it. It's it's, it's quality, yeah. Right. And it is. And I think that's such it's so important to talk about because I think no matter what level you're at at CrossFit that's what makes it so special uh so let's reflect on the actual games then because what a games you had um (laughs) oh my god I remember watching it and I think firstly as a like as someone from England watching like two British girls just absolutely hammer it and be amazing talk to me about that weekend like Again, in an, in a nutshell, but I'm sure it's not going to be a nutshell. What was it like that entire experience? It was um, it was almost what feels like now a bit of a daydream. You just walk around in the days. Um, I remember Phil saying to me before we got there, "Your objective is to just experience it." Like he didn't. He, he I put a lot of pressure on myself anyway, and I think he knew that the best way to, for me to avoid being overwhelmed was just to accept that it was about just just being there, being present, sailing through it and trying to be consistent to the strategies that we decided. And so with that in mind, that's what that's how I went into it. Um, But to be but to be surround like the level of detail, the level of organization, the size of the size of the warm up area, like everything was just wow. Um, you know you see it on the tv and then to walk out onto the astro or into the coliseum and think blimey I'm I'm here to to be here to compete 
it it really was quite quite incredible um and yeah try not to cry it was just uh, yeah it was it was something else yeah it was something else I think even watching it you feel that emotion and particularly with kind of like like obviously in the masters category where there's less people competing I think you can feel it through the screen so much more um how like obviously competing with a smaller group of women I can imagine that the bond you create that weekend is something really incredible what's it because obviously you're competitors but what's it like getting to work with them um and compete with with kind of a small group of of women that weekend well it was kind of funny because obviously I knew Kelly Friel because she when I did the British champs that first comp ever did I remember doing something like a 35 or 40 kilogram snatch hang snatch and being really proud of myself and then hearing a crowd go wild and look across to the left and I think Kelly Kelly was like throwing up 60 or so something ridiculous I was like what so to to to, to then because she so she was my idol and has been my idol for a long time so to walk out onto that field to be there and be like my God, I'm, I'm here with her. I'm competing against her. And she's the friendliest person in the world is absolutely amazing, you know, to represent your country and to like, to, to represent it with, with others as well is, um, is incredible. I mean, I was very naive uh, <laughs> the first year because I actually, apart from Kelly, I didn't know anybody because I purposely didn't look yeah. as part of that kind of mindset, not getting caught up in the competitors. I actually didn't know. And it was probably a good thing that I didn't know who Rebecca Voigt was when I first came out. Because <laughs> I probably would poop my pants, but I had no idea who she was, and that was probably good. Um, but uh, but they they're all lovely. I think when you first get there, the first event, nobody really talks. Everyone's nervous. You know, they're trying to get their mindset right. But as each workout goes on, yes, you're giving it your all. Yes, you want to beat everybody else. But as soon as you're off the field. You're just you're just taking it all in you're soaking it all in and they they're all lovely yeah I can imagine um so obviously you had a great finish you were on the podium and three event wins am I right there for a, <laughs> so for our first games not too bad not too shabby um any particular highlights from that weekend um yeah I think I think there's one event I mean you know they were all mind-blowingly wonderful experiences but I think the one that is a little bit more special for me is when we went in for the second day so on on the first day I obviously had two wins great start and then I had an absolute shocker with the snatch workout (laughs) which really did me no favors and then when we entered the second day it came to the bar muscle up um, ski double under workout and Phil asked me my opinion on how I would, I think it was something like 21.59, but I can't quite remember, but it was some kind of split on the bar muscle ups. And he said, you know, or 15.97. And he said, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I can do it unbroken. And he kind of looked at me with a wry smile and said, well, I mean, if you, if you write the check, you just better cash it. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. And I said to him, I want... I want to be the first off that off that bar so that all the other athletes hear the commentator go Kelly Marshall first to the ski because then they'll all go bloody hell she did this yesterday you know with the deadlifts or whatever and and that's what I did and I hung on and I remember then getting to the ski and then getting onto the double unders 
And then I just remember feeling people panicking around me because obviously double undering on Astro is not very easy. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to jump a lot higher and, um, and I could, I could hear, I could feel myself moving really far ahead because mine were going fine. And I'd obviously give myself the edge with the bar muscle ups, but it meant that then I was able to choose the pace I wanted to go at on the ski which meant that I didn't feel like I was, I mean, I was working hard, but I didn't feel like I was in red line. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I actually finished and I kind of ran to the end, I had an opportunity to, to look up and take it all in, to just, just really seize that moment. Because sometimes you're so focused on a workout, you don't actually take, you can't take a moment to just think, blimey, isn't this amazing? Look at the crowd. But in that moment, I did. Yeah. I remember going up to Phil after and I was like, cash the check (laughs) and he just laughed because he thought yeah she did and he was you know I was proud of myself because I chose a strategy and it and it worked and so that is probably why that one just always stays with me a little bit sweeter than the others I can imagine that I can't ever imagine that feeling it must be something like nothing else um I'm gonna kind of speed quite quickly into the next year because I want to talk about it as much as we possibly can but Obviously, you've mentioned briefly that you were the fittest you've ever been going into 2022. How did your training change going in from 2021 to 2022? And of course, we'll talk about Lucy a little bit as well in a minute. So after the games, uh, the first games, my off season, um, my off season was not as it should have been. It was a little bit unplanned because I had a car accident where I was hit by a stolen car um and unfortunately that I I didn't have major injuries but it did make my whole body seize up and I'd only come back from the the games like a week so my off season and then my return back into training was a little slow Mm -hmm. um because of that but to be fair you know I needed a bit of a rest anyway and then from there we just started to try and put into place the things that we'd learned from the first one um and also bring in and try and correlate um Lucy's training because she's coached by Cyril and and my training from Phil and try and get and they were working together to essentially try and put together days in the week where we could essentially help each other because yeah. we have we have very different strengths and weaknesses um they're, they're almost polar opposites so some days obviously we'd need to be working on our own things but then other days we could come together push each other etc and give each other support so yeah it was um it was trying to build off the previous year, but I did start on a little bit of a back foot because essentially my whole back seized up from the car accident. I couldn't squat to parallel with an air squat for about three months, which was awkward. (laughs) Firstly, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, But I suppose secondly, so for anyone that doesn't know who's listening, the Lucy we're talking about is, is Lucy Campbell. She went to the games last year and, and had an absolutely incredible, incredible weekend. Um, Going in, and she was quite an underdog going into that game. So I don't think anyone had really, when she qualified, it was like, oh, wow. Like it was kind of out of the blue. Um, whereas I suppose with you, were you, you know, it was quite like, right, okay, cool. She came third, looking pretty likely that she's going to go back this year. Did you feel like the fact that she was an underdog helped you or the fact that you were maybe more likely to go helped her? Like, was it quite balanced? um do you know what what's really interesting is I remember saying to Phil a year and a half to two years before um but before 
I said, I said, because Lucy was obviously at CrossFit Nottingham. And I remember saying to Phil, this girl, I said, I said to him, she's got this. She's got it. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen an athlete with, with the, the hunger and the push and the strategy, like the way she considers and thinks about things is like, it's insane. And I knew I could just see it all over. Like she had the potential. So although for a lot of people, it was like, who is this? I was going, bloody told you, mm -hmm. I told you, you look for a name, it's coming. Like I knew she was gonna make it. Like I actually had no doubts, to be honest. Um, and I was just so chuffed that she was able to, like when we went to Wadapalooza and she won that, um, row swim run workout I was like here you go now people are going to start to notice the name you keep watch for this name because it's a coming um so I it helped me because to be honest the sanity squad were pretty tired from all this shit <laughs> for this year um and they would like lives of their own yeah. so you know they were still there helping me but actually Lucy being so much younger obviously with the same really big focus as me to get to the games um fully committed like doesn't matter how she feels would do it anyway I needed that because I was not quite in as good a mental place and I was tired and there was stuff going on in my personal life like I needed that and she would just it didn't matter whether I was tired crying she was like come on and that was it and we would go so she she I knew that with her by my side, I had absolutely the best chance to get back to the games. Um, and I just wanted us to experience it together, to be honest. I thought two athletes from the same box would be awesome. <laughs> it's such an impressive feat. And as I say, like for, for British people as well, like watching, watching you both go together is incredible. Obviously your 2022 season was a uh, games experience was a little bit different, not as many highs. I know you've spoken a lot about it, but kind of on reflection now, you know, can't believe it's nearly a year ago. What was that weekend like? Um, I think, I think the games this year, uh, last year was, was a great games. I think the way that Bosman shook it up, brought some funky stuff in, I thought it was great, but it wasn't great for me. <laughs> Um, for a number of reasons. I mean, when Castro was programming a really balanced, really balanced fitness competition, I'm really average at everything. So that's really good for me. Like if it's if it's a bit of everything, it, 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 it's in my favor. Yeah. I'm not a specialist at anything. I'm just average. Um, and that can cover up some of my weaknesses and holes. But last year, that was to my detriment with the programming there's so much more upper body demand and technical gymnastic elements which is one of my biggest weaknesses and it really exposed me um I could sit here and talk about my injury but in reality all that did is mess around with some of my prep for the games and did leave me being on tramadol which I highly recommend never doing so competing on tramadol not the one but real in reality they were not why I ended up sixth that it was just because I just got exposed for the bits that I need to be better at. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you look at someone like Kelly Friel, the emphasis was different and she still ended up at the top. And that's, that's what a world-class fittest on earth looks like. So I think I learned a lot. Um, mm -hmm. It was pretty painful in a lot of ways. It was physically painful for my arm, um, but it was, it was mentally 
quite painful. Um, but that's that's how it goes. You know, that's that's the whole part of the journey. Uh, I had some highs, I had some lows. It was more frustrations, um, but I just was determined to get there. I wanted to get to the games a second time. I wanted to be there with Lucy. I did the best I could. Um, it just, you know, things just didn't fall as well. And when it was fitness, which was like the swim skier one, I was chuffed to get a win. You know, I, I was the fittest I'd ever been, but fitness can only carry you so far if your strength capacity or gymnastics skill isn't there. And, and that's, you know, that's what happened to me. So um, it was it was a great games. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. When I wasn't crying, I did enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you, I did enjoy. I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole thing as an experience. I enjoyed specific workouts. Um, I loved being back, but I also really enjoyed sitting in the Coliseum once my games was done and being able to watch Lucy annihilate that workout with her mum sitting in front of me, her sister sitting there and them all crying and all of us crying like that was amazing. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you as a, a master's athlete, because I always joke that I'm training for my master's because <laughs> I've got 10 years. I'm not. But um, becoming a master is getting increasingly more difficult because I think correct me if I'm wrong here but you know we have these teams now who when individuals start they've already competed for five years and the same thing kind of passes for masters when masters start competing they've already had this amazing individual career you look at Becca Voigt-Miller you look at Sam Briggs who's going in as a master this year yeah. do you think like do you like the fact that that is the case or how do you kind of feel about any maybe advantages or disadvantages around being a master's athlete? And do you think it's getting more difficult progressively? Do you know, that's a great question. I, I feel like looking at the looking at the complexities with CrossFit and like, like you say, these young ones that are coming up and what they're actually capable of and what they can lift and how hard they can work at the age already, I think, I think it's going to take a lot more work and a lot more time for somebody to succeed if they come I think it's a big challenge because there's a lot to catch up on like I'll train for four or five hours a day and that's because I've got my own business and I'm happy to just train from half six in the morning till you know let's say midday and then work from two till half seven at night but not everyone has that luxury not everyone has the desire quite frankly mm -hmm. And I think, and, that, and I'm doing that because I have a lot to work on and a lot to catch up on. And I'm in theory already in the mix and have been at that level. So I think it's tough. And I think that when people, because obviously there's always that joke of, oh, you know, when I, when I get to masters or when, and I think it's a really interesting experience for people because it's no bloody easier. Like it's nope. actually ridiculous, the athletes at that level and you look at some of the masters athletes who are even in berlin like yeah. it's absolutely outrageous to me that jen ryan who i competed with she kicked my butt last year at the games she was in the mix with these rx athletes i mean that's just that's incredible that yeah. is incredible you know so it's it's there is a, a surprising overlap but i think i think full stop whatever age group i think it's tough and i think the other thing for masters as well 
is it's it's managing that volume and the demand with a body that isn't 20 anymore that's a good challenge Mm -hmm. really good challenge from recovery from niggles things like that it's it's a lot going on (laughs) there is um thank you no I I thought because I as I say I joke about that I'm like oh yeah I'm training for master's career and actually I know that in 10 years time I'm probably yeah I'm gonna be better but these people around me that are already better than me are gonna be way better so it's a really (laughs) interesting concept um I'm gonna do some quick five questions to you in just a second but first I want to talk very briefly about this season because you've been very very open with kind of your training and everything that's going on you chose not to compete this season you didn't even register for the open um Mm -hmm. can you kind of just describe a little bit about um for anyone who's listening why why you made that decision this year yeah for sure so um essentially what I didn't what I what I didn't know although me and my coach knew that there was a problem quite a significant issue with my arm when we were at the games we didn't know until I got back and had an MRI scan that I actually had a partial bicep rupture um, and a full aponeurosis rupture which is like the sheath that goes over the top of the two bicep heads and also a, a supinator tear so I'd done some damage taken that to the games done some more damage to it so it had about to be honest six or seven months of microtrauma um, and when I went to see a consultant about the possibility of having to have surgery initially he just described the scan as, as a catastrophe he just said it's a it's a mess so I had to have another six to seven weeks of rest we scanned again and the results were quite positive like the information had calmed down he felt that potentially the bicep tendon had just peeled up and that it you know it was still attached in a section so there was a chance that it could be rehabbed but we wouldn't know until we actually started that rehab process and built up so um i had a conversation with phil at the time we spoke about it and we just decided that you know he said if we pushed hard he thought i could he could get me back to the games and i just said to him do you know what? i don't want to get back to the games i want to destroy the games i want to get back and back on that podium so i don't want to just go like i've had the kit i don't want the kit I want the top spots. So we decided that actually, what if I just really rehabbed this to avoid surgery, took the year out, just trained, trained and trained, didn't have any interruptions with the phases of my training, which obviously competition can create and just went away and just chipped away everything I needed to work on. And we, we learned a lot about what I needed to work on in the last game. So I got a list. So we've been working on that. And he said, well, let's just, let's just take a year out and and go for 2024 and I said let's do that so that's why there's no point me doing the open I was I was beyond deconditioned my arm I'd barely done pull I couldn't do two pull-ups at the time um because it just was weak and it was healing so there was just yeah there would have been a waste it would have been a waste of energy and competitive spirit to try and go in the open so I thought it was best just to not get involved at all <laughs> I think that again it's a really sensible decision and I think in hindsight I suppose let's I'm I personally will be looking forward to seeing you back next year uh I'm sure stronger and fitter than before and I think it's really important to be open about it because even I think people at a non-elite level will be will work through injury and actually sometimes it's better to just to just stop so thank you for sharing that and yeah get well um (laughs) so I'm gonna throw some quick fire questions at you before I let you go uh, firstly, your favourite lift. Favourite lift, clean. I love a clean. It just works, doesn't it? 
Um, favorite overall movement? Ooh, um, handstand walking. I'm actually, which is funny because it's not my best thing. Like I'm not very good at it compared to some, and that was exposed in the first games. But it's still my favorite. I love that. Um, what about your favorite benchmark rod? Ooh. Uh, actually, I really like Kelly. <laughs> That's, that's actually, Ironic. actually it's actually a really good workout for me i love that one <laughs> yeah fair enough um and my final question if you were to go to the games on a team and you could build a dream team around you who would you have by your side oh that's a great question oh blimey and that's so two females two males mm. you can include yourself as a female obviously <laughs> i wouldn't like to miss out on the fun so i won't put myself in there um Lucy. I thought that would be the answer. Lucy Campbell, yeah, 100%. She can pull me along. Um, two males. Ooh, that's really good. Probably Lucas G from Red Pill. He's, a, he's an absolute machine, that one. He's just getting, he, he had a little bit of an injury at Wadapalooza, so he's just doing some rehab on his elbow. But once his elbow is good, that that man can gymnastic for days. Like it's something, of, yeah, and, he, and again, he's got he's got a very Lucy Campbell mindset. So I want a bit of that on my team. So I'll have that. Um, ooh, blimey, that's such a good question. Um, who else? There's a quick fire question. It's not a quick fire. <laughs> I've literally gone mine. Um, oh, just shows how much I uh, I keep in check with the male athletes. There. <laughs> it is funny because it, it does throw this people this question. <laughs> um, I'm literally trying to think of some. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, Andre Hude. Yeah, what a great show. Yeah. And he trains a team right now. He's he does. He does. Him, so there you go. That's right. And he was with Red Pill when I first joined. And he's lovely and he's got his head switched on that lad. So I like, I, he's a good friend of mine. I like him. So yeah, okay. that's good. Yeah. Dream team indeed. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your story and your journeys with us um, and all the experiences. And we look forward to seeing you back uh, to full health and back at it next year. But thank you so, so much for joining. Thank you.